Hello and welcome to our latest episode of It's All White, our weekly Fulham podcast. My name is Robert Warlow. I'm joined here today by Ryan O'Donovan, our Fulham club writer. Hello, Rob. Hello. And also Phil Spencer, who covers QPR for Get West London. Hello, Rob. Hello, you're right. So, Ryan, FA Cup weekend this week, third round, and uh, Fulham are already out. Um, a 1-0 defeat home against Southampton. You were there at the cottage. What, what, what sort of game was it? Uh, it was a pretty poor game, to be honest, and not one that's going to live long in my memory. You know, Southampton were there for the taking that day, and you look at it back now, and, you know, they, Southampton have Watford at home in the next round. They're another poor side. It's a game that Fulham could... That's a game Fulham could have won as well. So it's, it's disappointing all round, you know. They could have played all night and all into Sunday and never really scored. There's lots of nice football again. There's lots of possession, but there was no real final killer instinct. I know people saying, oh, Piazon went up at the back post and Adoy should have scored, but, you know, they've barely hit the target. Those two shots didn't hit the target either because Piazon's missed the ball and the Doi stuck it over the bar. So, at the end of the day, it's a really, really disappointing performance. You know, Southampton were a poor side. They're struggling. They've come to the cottage. Fulham really should have been looking at taking taking them to, you know, to the cleaners, really, and, and they just didn't turn up. The performance itself, I mean, you said that they're a little bit flat. and Was that from come from the stands as well? Was it the fans a bit flat? Yeah, they were, actually. Yeah, it, was, it was a strange atmosphere and it was very, very quiet for the most part of it, you know. I think they could tell that it was going to be another one of those days where Fulham do nice stuff, get into the final third and then just fizzle out. So, yeah, it was a weird one. You know, there wasn't really any encouragement from the stands or anything like that. It was quite a quiet atmosphere at the cottage on, on Saturday and I think that translated down onto the pitch. Given what uh, Slav had said in his, in his pre-match press conference, <laughs> do you think that had any bearing uh, on what happened on Saturday? I don't think so. I don't think the players really pay attention to to what Slav says in these press conferences. I think that was more f- for Tony Khan and the recruitment side. So I don't think that had any impact on, on proceedings. You know, I just think it was one of those performances that highlights what Djokanovic said in his, in his press conference and that Fulham do need to add strength to the side. Were you surprised though at his comments? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a bit taken aback by it. You know, it came a bit out of the blue. It wasn't, your, it wasn't a probing question or anything. I just asked if there had been any transfers lined up because he, he obviously said he wanted to get it done quick. He wanted three in, so I just asked if there was any close to happening, and he said no, and went into this massive rant that we all saw. So I was quite surprised, especially that it's happened in pretty much every transfer window that he's had since he's been at the club. For it to happen again, especially with Craig Klein gone, you know, I was quite surprised that he had such a big outburst. I know we've covered it before in, in the podcast with Craig Klein leaving, but do you think that has had any impact coming coming into this window? Um, it might have had an impact on how they recruit players and what kind of system they use, but to be honest, it doesn't look like it's had any impact on how Djokanovic gets on with the recruitment side. They obviously have differing views on the strength from the squad and stuff like that, and I wrote a piece about it. Loads of teams have recruitment teams and have recruitment like people that sit around the table and discuss recruitment with the managers on it. Brentford have it, you know, Brighton have it. It, it works for them, and I don't see why it's so hard for Fulham to just get it right and get people sat down and talking about what they think they need instead of one person saying one thing and another person saying, actually, you know what, we hold a completely different view. I just don't understand why they can't sit down and get it right. Did Saturday then show up where they need to strengthen? You could say Saturday did, but to be honest, most of the season as as a whole, it was the same story that's been like for the most part. I mean, the last few games they've started scoring goals again. I've started to look in part. I mean, there are only two defeats in the last 10 in the league or something like that. But, you know... you. It's clear that they need a centre-back because they're not very strong at the back. 
if they want Ryan Sessegnon to push further forward, they need a left-back that can play in the style that Jokanovic wants them to play. Rafa Suarez clearly can't play in that style, and Dennis Adoy can't either. So they need someone like Ryan Sessegnon, like Ryan Fredericks, who gets down the wings and play, plays as wing-backs. So they clearly need a left-back as well. And they need a striker. You know, they're not scoring goals. Kamara scored four and two, but he's not exactly set the world on fire. And he's still really, really raw, you know. Everything he does brilliantly, he'll do something absolutely terribly that you wouldn't see on the Sunday League pitch. And Rui Font just hasn't, for whatever reason, you know. He's making the runs, he's he's playing well, but he's just not getting the end service and stick it in the back of the net. So, I mean, for me, it's clear what Fulham need. You know, they need free signings. Jukanovic wants them to have free signings. We did our Fulham fan survey today. They want them to have free signings. And it's just a recruitment team that think the squad's strong enough. Do you expect there to be three signings? Or do you think that that's an ambition that, that might not be fulfilled? Yeah, I think the latter. You know, Fulham are only going to make purchases on option if options become available at the right price. You know, they spent a lot of money in the summer on players. They obviously want them to, to come to fruition. They obviously haven't at the moment. But they're not going to go out and spend another £30 million on players in the winter prices are inflated you know players come in the winter and they can be great or they can be flops you know there's very little in between in that so they're not going to blow a load of money on it whether or not they get free players is a different matter you know you're probably looking at some loan deals in there but I don't think Jukanovic will get his his wish list of free players and you know what position does that leave Jukanovic in he said maybe it's a good option for the club to sack him if they don't agree with his view on things if it comes to the end of the season and they haven't achieved playoffs at least, where does that leave Jukanovic? You know, he's got a long contract still at the club. He's not going to walk, but are the club going to say, right, obviously we're, you're not going to work to what we want, we're not going to work to what you want. It's just best to part ways. Who knows? Given the position that they're in at the moment, um, in terms of the league, like you said, they've had a few better results of late. Um we saw what happened with them last season. It's not beyond the rounds possibility they can get into the playoffs. No, it's not. Not at all. They're only four points off it at the moment, so it's not beyond the rounds of possibility at all. But you know, the difference was last season they got to the stage and they're scoring goals for fun, and they they quite, haven't quite done that so far. They scored four against Ipswich, but Ipswich were down to ten men. They scored four against Cardiff, but Cardiff were trying to peg them back at three-two to try and try and get a win away from home. So you know there's. Last year they were beating teams like Huddersfield 5-0, they are beating teams like Reading 5-1, whatever. Mm. They're, they're not quite ticking along at the moment. Goals were coming from midfield, they're not quite coming from midfield this season. You know, Tom Kearney, he's only got the one goal I think it is so far. He was tight side's top goal scorer last year. Ryan Sessignon's the top goal scorer at the moment. He's 17 years old at left back, pretty much playing all season. So, yeah, it's not beyond them, but I think the difference is this season, the championship's a lot stronger. There's a lot more teams battling for that sixth place and I think that's where Fulham have to aim for they have to aim for sixth place and there's a lot more teams fighting for that so I think that's the difference between this and last season now, last season there wasn't that many teams fighting for six Fulham was scoring goals willy-nilly at the moment they're not scoring goals willy-nilly and there's more teams so it's not beyond them but at this rate I don't think they're going to get it Phil so bring you in here do you think it's a, a missed opportunity for them on Saturday in terms of a cut run but obviously now they've got the sole focus of the league so is that going to be a good thing for them do you think? Yeah I think it's um, I think it's certainly a silver lining I think every 
my, my personal view is that every club should take the uh, the FA Cup seriously because it's um, it's it's a great competition and um, even if you aren't going to win it, a few good results can um, can set you up quite nicely in terms of uh, like I suppose changing the uh, the mor- uh, the morale and the uh, momentum in the uh, the dressing room. So obviously they, they went out at the weekend and so they can focus on it for the rest of the season. But um, you can't underestimate the the benefits of what a good a good cup run could have for them as they are charging towards promotion. I think as well, people would have seen that as a a potential upset, given that you know Fulham all right there in the Championship, but Southampton struggling in the Premier League at the moment. I think a few people had their eyes on that as a, a potential sh- shock, if, if if you want to use that word, or, or you know they they thought Fulham could on on home soil get a result. Absolutely, yeah, it was one that I picked out as a, a potential upset. It seemed like out of all, all of the uh, the ties in the third round, it seemed like one of the most likely. Um, Southampton aren't in a a great place at the moment. Fulham, they've, they've been a little bit hit and miss, but they certainly have the potential to uh, to cause that kind of upset. And um, yeah, I think if they, if they could beat Southampton, that was the, exactly the kind of game that could have been a uh, a season-turning, season-defining game. But one way, if, they, if they've got a result, it could completely change the momentum. They can go, right, we, we can mix it with the big boys. Let's let's push on and uh, make up that slight deficit towards the other playoffs. But didn't couldn't do that, unfortunately. Did the, did the fans want a cut run, Ryan? What fan doesn't want a cup run? You know, once teams go out and they say, oh, yeah, we can concentrate on the league, blah, 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 stuff like that, everyone wants a cup run. You know, everyone wants a chance to to play one of the bigger teams, say, or, you know, even against Wembley. We've seen teams do it in the past, smaller teams. Bradford have gotten to Wembley, maybe not in the FA Cup, but they've gotten to Wembley in the League Cup. It's it's doable, especially with the big teams not taking it seriously, as Phil says. Like, I'm With him, I think the FA Cup should be taken seriously. Djokanovic fought the same. He thinks... He played a very strong side. Bettinelli and Kenny were missing because they're injured. And apart from that, it was, you know, the side you pretty much expect. So yeah, I think every fan would like a cup run. They went on one last year. They got to the fifth round and played Tottenham. And you know, you could say that had benefits for it as well because they beat a Premier League side four-one at home in Hull City. Yeah, Hull City got relegated, but they still took them apart at the cottage, and that gave them the belief that yeah, actually, you know, maybe you are a Premier League side. This season they haven't quite got that, and all they've got now is the league. So. You know, they're going to have to go hell for leather on concentrating on the league. And if you look at it, there's, there's no excuses now not to get into the playoffs. They can't say, oh, we had the cup run, we got tied out from that. They went out of the League Cup in the second round, FA Cup in the third round. That's that's all it is now. You know, they've got a clear schedule all the way until the end of the season. On the flip side, though, could it have a, a negative sort of effect on them in, in, in terms of going out so early? It could do, but at the end of the day, you can look at it as just another game they've lost. So, you know... Yeah. Teams lose lose games. Very very few teams go throughout the season not losing games. So at the end of the day, they'll look at it as another defeat, and they'll I, they'll just go on for now. I don't think you have any adverse effect on it. Maybe if they got knocked out to I don't know, no disrespect to Yeovil or someone like that, it might have an adverse effect on them. But Southampton at home, Premier League side, you know, I, I don't think it will. Obviously, they, they do go back to the league focus this week, and uh, they make the the trips in Middlesbrough, don't they? So it's a uh, not an easy game to, to go back into the league with. No, it's not. It is a difficult game, and especially with Tony Pulis. You know, the, the, the style of football that he's his side play, the long ball, did the setting up defensively. It's something Fulham has struggled against this season to break down. And you look at that on paper, and it'll be another. It looks like it'll be another one of those games where Fulham will have possession. You know, they'll play nice football, but they'll get it to that bank of four, and they won't be able to break it down. And once that long ball comes, Fulham struggle. You know, they're not the paciest defenders. Like I said, they need strength in defence. And they haven't quite got that at the moment. So, you know, it's they'll be, they'll be confident going into it because they're 
on a good run in the league, but it is one of those games that you look on paper and you think this is the type of game Fulham would struggle with. Mm. We've got a, a, a resident expert on, on Middlesbrough here in, in Phil, haven't we? So, Phil, what, what, what sort of impact has Tony Pugh has had so far and, and what do you expect on Saturday? Um, I think he's, he's basically just kind of ironed out the creases that, uh, that were in that Middlesbrough side. I think in terms of the, the team that they had left over from being in the Premier League and the recruitment that they did in the summer, it was a, it's a strong squad on paper, but they just weren't, they weren't quite gelling under Gary Monk. He was, uh, he was wanting to play slightly more of a free-flowing attacking game, and that, that came in, in, in pieces, but um, the, the balance wasn't really there. But that, that's something that Tony Pulis has brought in. So in, in the last five games, they, they've won four of them, and the one that they lost was against uh, Aston Villa away, who obviously that's a, that's a tricky game for them anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the, the one thing that Tony Pulis has done, he's, he's certainly he's made them a team again. They're, they're a team that are, that are hard to break down. It's going to be difficult for Fulham to, uh, to break them down because... You got to remember as well as the fact that um, Tony Pulis is a, I suppose a, a solid manager. He's a manager who uh, makes the team difficult to beat. There are quite a lot of players up there who are still remaining from uh, from Ita Karanka's squad as well, and his teams were also notoriously hard to beat, particularly in the uh, the season when uh, when they got promoted as well. So I think it, I think it will be a difficult test for Fulham. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the players that are in Middlesbrough's squad they are kind of made for Tony Pulis and his kind of style of play so it might not be it might not be pretty what he's doing up there but it's going to be effective and they are in a, a really good place at the moment and it's going to be a difficult test for, for Fulham when they uh, when they come up against them and they have got some some flair as well that with the likes of Adana Traore I mean he, he's coming he's been there a while now but he's shown sort of flashes of what he's capable of isn't he he's um, yeah Adama Traore is probably the most frustrating player ever <laughs> as, a, as a Middlesbrough fan he's, he's a player who if he could just work on that uh, that end product, everyone's saying oh, he could be playing for one of the, the best teams in the world because he's so fast, he's so direct and he, he has the potential to be that good and it's just been that, that end product which has been missing but over the last couple of weeks that's something which seems to have been added to his game. I don't know whether it's just a, a change of manager, maybe he's just in a good patch himself but he does seem to have added that that end product and so he's, he's certainly going to be a man to watch and um, he normally plays on the right hand side so that'll be a, a difficult test for uh, for young Ryan Sessegnon because it's going to be him that's going to be having to uh, come up against him and uh, yeah Adama Traore he's, he's rapid so he's going to have a tough afternoon The thing with Ryan Sessegnon though is he's so attacking himself if Traore's bombing down that right hand line he's going to leave a lot of space in behind and Ryan Sessegnon you know, we, have, we know how good he is on the ball going forward there's a lot of space there to exploit if he's leaving some, if he's leaving his right back one on one with Ryan Sessegnon, you know that could be an area that Fulham look to exploit. And I think that that will actually be quite a quite a key area because that has also been a criticism of Traore that he's he's really good going forward. He's he's fast. He gets to the defence, but fulfilling the defensive side of things, he, he struggled a little bit with. And like you said, if if Sessegnon is bursting forward, if Fulham uh, catch middles run the counter attack and uh, they're leading it with with Sessegnon he's the kind of player we might not necessarily get back mm. so um, like a mistake or a misjudgment from either uh, Sessegnon or, uh, or Traore could be could be crucial at the weekend who else do you see as key in, in this game you've got to look at it you know Middlesbrough's firepower everyone spoke about that in the summer how strong it is so you've got to look at that as well you know Middlesbrough's goalkeeper I think he's I think he's one of the best in the championship and Randolph he's I think he's brilliant, you know, speaking as an Irishman. Mm-hmm. I don't know you're Irish or Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> no, you've got some heroics there, so you've got to look at that as well. And like Phil said, the defence, 
is a solid unit yeah. with Fulham struggling to break down defences that's going to be a key area they're going to rely on their strikers here they're going to rely on if Tom Kearney's fit they're going to rely on him to find that final ball to find the key to unlock that midfield so I think that's going to be another key battle Kearney's key in any game but even more so when it's a defensive side like a Tony Puna side well, We saw last year didn't we Middlesbrough when they got relegated they had one of the better defensive records mm-hmm. at the teams that were at the bottom so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that as as you said, Phil, with under Karanka, that was quite a, a, a you know common thing. People knew about them. They were they were hard to to break down. They, were, they didn't score many last mm-hmm. season, but I think this year they're a bit a bit more free flowing going forward, aren't they? Score it was, a few it was just um, yeah. Last, last, I don't want to go into last season too much because it was a painful time as a Middlesbrough supporter. But um, no, you, you're talking when you got to March kind of time in the season. Middlesbrough, even though they were struggling they were probably just outside the relegation zone at that point I think they had like the fifth or sixth best defence in the mm-hmm. Premier League only behind the likes of I don't know like Man United or whoever it was that was up near the top um, so it was yeah it was it was just ridiculous that a side who were battling relegation had such a good defence but yeah I think last season it was just the fact that they didn't have that firepower there was there was nothing going forward but that is something that they've addressed uh, this summer and so the balance under Tony Pulis it's, it seems like it's um the balance is there once again and they look solid both in defence and, and in attack as well hopefully for Fulham then uh, they'll be looking for a better uh, performance than the last time they travelled to the North East I think you went to that one didn't you Phil? I think so yeah it was um, <laughs> what, against, uh, against Sunderland, against Sunderland yeah it was, uh, it was a pretty it was just oh, it was just a turgid game anyway it just wasn't um, <laughs> it was freezing cold Sunderland weren't good at all um, <laughs> Fulham they, they, they started well um, but I think they almost just seemed to get a little bit comfortable um, in the game. They were passing it around, but there just wasn't that kind of end product. And um, yeah, just neither team were particularly good. So yeah, they're going to have to do a lot better than that if they're going to get a result against against Middlesbrough, who are a better team than Sunderland. Mm. I don't think there's a, an unwanted record that Fulham could set this time, is there? Because when when they went to Sunderland, I think Sunderland hadn't won in a year. It yeah. was it was Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough on, on, quite on, got that. on the day that Fulham played Sunderland. It had been 364 days yeah. since yeah. Um, <laughs> since uh, Sunderland had lost one at home, and uh, they were just so to do that. yeah, they were just so thankful that um, that they managed to get that victory, so it didn't tick over into a year. And yeah, like you said, it just happened to be Fulham that it came up against. I was gonna say it can't be uh, that long since Middlesbrough won a game at home. I'm guessing less than less, less than 64 probably. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd asked me six months ago, it might have been a different. Answer, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think they're in a much better place now, so they should be. I think it'll be I think it'll be a difficult game for Fulham, but I one that I'll be quite interested to see how it um, how it plays out because Fulham do have the quality to uh, to cause Middlesbrough problems, and yeah, it will just be interesting to see how uh, how how Middlesbrough handle it and how how up for the game Fulham are. Do you think Ryan it could be almost given the context of where the two teams are and you know where they want to be, it could be a defining game really for where they could end up. It could be, yeah, but at the same time, you know, we're still very very. It's still middle of January, isn't it? Mm. So I wouldn't pin everything on this one game between two sides that aren't quite, you know, challenging the way they should be. It will be important for their seasons, no doubt, but I wouldn't pin everything on it. You know, I think if one side wins, they'll great go into the next game. If the other loses, they'll think, right, we've got another game to sort it out. So I don't, I don't think it's, you know, be all or end all. Mm. But for them, I mean, if the, if they do, if they can get a positive result, be it a point or all three. They've got a, a nice-ish run of, of fixtures on paper, haven't they, in the next few? They have, but we said this, I said this in December when they beat you know whoever, Birmingham and Millwall, that they got a nice run that they can put a, a run together and then they lost to Brentford and Sunderland. So 
yeah, you know, it, it does look like a good run on paper, but the championship this year, anyone can beat anyone, and they'll know after after that Sunderland game that they're not going to take any anything for granted, especially against teams that are struggling. Excellent. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Um, <coughs> hopefully, for uh, for Fulham fans, it'll be a. Uh, a slightly better trip to the northeast this weekend. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with our next It's All White podcast, but thanks for listening.